You are listening to the Registered Dietitian Approved Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about dietetics in a different light, highlighting non-traditional RD opportunities, including business and marketing. In today's episode, Austin and Marissa interview Barbara Mayfield as she tells us about the many exciting jobs she has had as a registered dietitian, none of which were in the clinical setting. I've always been interested in nutrition and communication. And so my major at Purdue was dietetics and I double majored in foods and nutrition and business and then minored in communication. My favorite class at Purdue and we're unique in having this class was nutrition communication. Absolutely loved it. Went to graduate school at Cornell, majored in human nutrition, minored in communication. My thesis project studied nutrition communication. And in fact, when we wrote the introductory chapter to communicating nutrition, I co-authored it with my major professor from Cornell. And it just was so cool to have that from my past just kind of come back into my present and for us to do something together that in a sense lived both of our legacies on. It was super cool. And one of the things that I often tell folks is that as an RD, I have never worked in a clinical setting. Never, ever. And I've always centered my work on nutrition, education, and communication. Now, I've, I've done a variety of different things, but I've always kind of leaned back into that. I've always loved developing resources, whether it be for one-on-one counseling, which I've done, or group classes, or teaching, or curriculums, or textbooks now. Um, I've just always loved doing that. And as you think about what you always gravitate to, there is something that you always, no matter what kind of position you're in, when someone wants, you know, a handout made, it was like, pick me, pick me, I'll do it. And other people are like, <laughs> so, you know, as I think about my career path, everything you do can lead you to your next project or your next job. And in my entire career, forever. I have never looked for work. It's always found me. (laughs) And I don't say that in a prideful way. I think it's because of two things that I've always done. One is I've always kept my network of professional contacts very healthy and active. And then I've always tried to do good work. And if, if you're doing those two things, Work will find you. It really will. And I don't think my story is unique. I, I think that you see this all the time. And keep in mind, when I talk about a healthy network, I was a dietitian before the internet and before social media. And, you know, it was old time phones, the kind that, you know, you dial this way. And yet you still could have a network. And so having a network today for you all is like, so easy maybe it's too easy but um yeah i really i really think and and the other thing i'll say i've lived in a small town in indiana outside of lafayette for 38 years and i've never been without nutrition related work 
And I haven't had to do it like telehealth or anything. I'm talking about stuff I can do driving no further than a half an hour. So no matter where you are, and now with the internet, man, your opportunities are so amazing. That's incredible. So a couple things about that. First of all, super, super incredible. Um, our professors told us at our school, they told me and Austin, that in order to be a good dietitian, you have to start off in clinical. And Austin and I, we didn't really know anything about the world of dietetics. We're brand new right out of school. And that's the first thing that we did is we both landed jobs right in clinical, like in a clinical setting. And that's where we started. And then we started to learn about this whole world that's out there of all these incredible things that you can do and that aren't clinical, but you're still a dietitian. And also the other incredible thing that you mentioned was that Austin and I have spoken to so many RDs who are struggling to find a job right out of school with the internet, with Indeed, with Monster.com, with all of these platforms, and they still cannot get a job. So the fact that you were able to do that without, you know, these social media platforms, with just this network and with dialing on a phone, it's just incredible. With the phone, guys. So us I don't have one anymore. Actually, I have an antique one. <laughs> It's, but I think I would want to ask them, are you active in your local dietetic association or whatever we call them now, affiliates? Mm. I, as I'll share, not the very first job I had, because that, that's a funny backstory, but so many of the, the things that I found over time it was another dietitian. And I'll tell you, us baby boomers are retiring by droves. So the job opportunities are going to be out there, folks. You can start stepping into our, our positions. But um, yeah, maybe we should go back and, and we'll, we'll look at the very first thing I did. Yeah, so let, let us know. Like, how did you get started? Like, What settings have you worked? If, if it wasn't clinical, we want to hear it. Okay, so maybe it started sort of in a clinical setting. So here I was, just finished graduate school. We just moved back to Indiana, and we were going to have our first, we were going to start a family. So I am in the hospital. My daughter, Jenny, who's now 38 and a half, had just been born. Now, back in the day when she was born, you stayed in the hospital for several days, <laughs> even when you had them naturally. So holding my baby and across the room, I can still picture this, is an older gentleman doctor that was going to be her doctor that it was in our little small town. Then he's just making nice little conversation. What did I do? And so I was explaining to him that I just finished graduate school in nutrition and I was getting ready to take the RD exam. And that I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Obviously I was had a brand new baby and I was gonna be a mother for a little bit, but I did wanna work. So he asked me, he said, you know, we have to send our patients all the way to Lafayette to get nutrition counseling. Would you consider counseling our patients here in Delphi? I'm going, oh, this sounds like a private practice. Let me pass my exam and let me get started. Within six months, I had a private practice. I saw patients in my home. I did it for decades. I, I just recently purged and shredded all my old files. I probably counseled most of the people that live in Carroll County or, the, or some relative of them. And 
that was my first job, was a private practice. And keep in mind, this was back in the early 1980s. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. So you started right off the bat in private, in private practice. practice. Yes, that was my first ever job out of graduate school. Yeah, a, a lot of RDs that we talk to, they feel scared. They don't feel like they know enough yet to start in private practice. They're like, oh, let me get experience in clinical first. Let me, you know, get experience or, you know, shadow somebody in private practice to see how it works. And you just jumped right in. You said, I'll do it. I'll figure this out. And again, because the doctor asked me, I mean, it wasn't like I had to market myself to the doctor's office. I, as soon as the, there was only maybe half a dozen doctors in our county, but as soon as one heard that this guy was referring his patients, I was referred to from everybody. Word of mouth, it still and works. Word of mouth, it still works. And yeah. it certainly did back then. Yeah. So, so what else have you done besides private practice? What other types of jobs have you had in the field of nutrition? All right. So then the next job I got, in addition to during the private practice, because again, I kept doing this, was consulting in a nursing home. And how many of us have done that? And that it was a job that started as, as just a temporary position because someone in my dietetic association called me and asked me to take her maternity leave. Again, that network, if I never had been involved in my dietetic association, I wouldn't have been called, right? So I wasn't looking for that, but she called and, and so I was like, hmm, I don't do private practice every day of the week. Yeah, that sounds like an interesting, and I, I did, I, that temporary three months ended up being three years. And it wasn't something that I then decided, oh, I want to do this for the rest of my life, and some people do. But you know, now that my mother and my mother-in-law live in those kinds of facilities, I'm so glad I had that experience. And when I taught later, it was such a valuable experience when I taught geriatric. And so everything you do is useful and can lead to something else. So then, so I'm doing my private practice, I'm consulting, and the next job I had was really about the same time. In fact, I was trying to figure out, did I start consulting or did I start in WIC first? I don't remember for sure. But again, someone in my dietetic association was becoming coordinator of a brand new WIC program. Would I work in a WIC setting? Oh, I love maternal and child health. That was a real favorite uh, part of the field for me. And this was going to be in our county and the neighboring county. And I ended up working in WIC for 20 years. I worked part-time, I worked full-time, I, I was coordinator for a while, I was just all kinds of things. And, and again, I still did private practice some. It depended on whether I was full-time with WIC, but you know, it's just, everything's really flexible, I feel like, a lot of times in our career. And then also during this time, I was asked to be a home visitor for an early childhood intervention program. And so I did home visits with that. And so during the time at WIC, again, nutrition education was my passion. And I'd always had an interest in teaching kids. And so I figured out that even though adults didn't always like to come to the classes at WIC, they would come for something for their kids. So I developed classes for kids. Then I got a USDA grant it developed into a national program. And then I started my first business, nutrition, uh, let me think, what did I call it? Noteworthy Creations Incorporated 
And this was my first full-blown curriculum. This is actually the second edition. It had, let's see, it had cassette tapes, the first version, then it went to DVDs or CDs, and then puppets and coloring books and songbooks and all this. Uh, on my website, I still have some of those songs and stuff. You can, you can check that out. So that was uh, an opportunity then as I developed that, I got a lot of speaking engagements and really my professional speaking really took off then in kind of the early 90s. I had done my first professional speaking maybe kind of in the late 80s, but then throughout the 90s just traveled all over uh, and spoke to WIC programs, Head Start programs, uh, dietetic associations, just all kinds of, of things that were related to nutrition. Primarily about teaching kids about nutrition, but also about breastfeeding, about bonding with babies. Family meals was a big topic for me. So that all led to kind of having some real expertise in nutrition communication. So in 1999, the professor who had taught, remember what my favorite class was at Purdue, nutrition communication was going to be retiring. So the department had called me up, yes, on an old-fashioned phone, and said, would I consider teaching that class? Well, I'd grown up as a professor's kid, and I'd always thought I wouldn't follow in his footsteps. But wow, that was just kind of a really a dream come true, loved that class. And at the same time, keep in mind, my daughter had been born in 1981. She was graduating from high school that following year and she was gonna start at Purdue. And when you teach there, you get a really nice tuition reduction. So for the next 16 and a half years, I taught nutrition communication and a whole variety of other classes at Purdue. For the first several years, it was part-time and I still did WIC. <laughs> so, uh, and an occasional private practice patient, uh, did some wellness programs, a variety of things. But it was so valuable to have had such a kind of diverse career up to that point, because then as I was teaching community nutrition classes, maternal and infant classes, all these things, I had a wealth of experience. I had real life stories to tell in class. Uh, but my favorite class of all was nutrition communication. But also, while I was teaching, I was still developing materials. I would get different grants. Let's see, I developed this high school curriculum for health called Destination Wellness. I nice. developed materials for teaching childcare providers about nutrition. I developed lots of resources for family meals. I developed two different textbooks for introductory nutrition classes for non-majors with the most recent being this nutrition for everyone. And this textbook was uh, published in 2015 and I was still teaching full time and it about killed me. And I told so many people, I will never write another textbook again. So I retired in 2016. And within about six months, the academy called me up. It was probably on a cell phone by then, <laughs> but anyway, would I write a book? They determined that they needed a book on nutrition communication. And I thought, am I gonna have to eat my words? <laughs> because if I was gonna write a book about something, I would be willing to write a book about that. And so I basically said, I'm not gonna write it by myself. This isn't something that I have expertise in all of these things that need to be in it. But I wanna be part of that project. 
and I certainly haven't regretted it. I've had to eat my words, but uh, it's been so rewarding, and it's it was such a needed book. It it was one of those things where it's like, this is the book I wish I'd had when I was teaching, and so it's a gift I can give to the uh, profession to to have that really valuable resource. That's awesome. Barb, you are a go-getter. Oh my goodness. Guys, yeah. if you guys are watching this, please type go-getter. If you think <laughs> that she's just, she's just crushing it. Without social media, without Instagram, without Facebook, it seems like every single person has, Bar has Barb's number because everyone calls her. <laughs> right? <laughs> it can happen to you. I don't think that it's just me. You guys do whatever you do really well and you let people know that you do it and they reach out to you. You know, we all can't do everything. I am, okay, so I've never been called to take a clinical job because I am not the right person for it. Good point. Right? Right? So, but when it comes to nutrition education, yes, nutrition communication, yes, that's what I do and I love it and I'm gonna do the best job I can for you. For sure, for sure. So. When did you retire from teaching and what kind of led to your retirement from that? So I really wanted to be able to do more kind of freelance stuff again. Teaching is extremely demanding. Like I said, I grew up as a professor's kid. I knew how hard it was and I loved it, but it was hard. My husband retired in 2015 and I worked one more year and I just, I really wanted to be free to travel um, we have four grandchildren. We actually have one more on the way. <laughs> we love spending time with them. And life is short. And um, like I was telling you guys before, you invest what you make, don't spend it all. And, and you can pay yourself later and enjoy retirement. And so it's, it's really, it's been pleasurable to be able to then pick and choose. And so this Nutrition for Everyone killed me. But this book I'm writing now isn't because I'm not doing it and teaching. So pace yourself. You, don't, you may have a lot of things that you'd like to do. You don't have to do them all this year. You, you can do them over time. And uh, so it's, it's been, like I mentioned, being able to go to Florida next month. Um, I couldn't do that if I was still teaching. So retirement is, uh, re Retirement I use with, in quotes, because yes, I'm writing a textbook and I'm, I pretty much am here in my home office uh, most of my day working on that, editing, uh, being in contact with other authors and the designers and, and whatnot to, to get this book going. But um, it's also wow. at a different pace. Yeah, it's really rewarding. Yeah, so, so regarding the book that you're talking about, I guess, could you uh, tell everyone a little more about it, maybe like what led you to writing this, uh, the book and, and who it's for. All right. So I probably should share a little bit of the backstory of how I got asked by the Academy. Asked again. <laughs> okay. So again, it's one thing leads to another. So here's nutrition for everyone. And one of the reviewers for this book was Roberta Dyfe. And I don't know if you know her, but she is an Academy author who wrote the complete food and nutrition guide that's in its fifth edition. Okay. So Roberta serves on kind of the Academy author group. And when the Academy identified that they needed someone to write a nutrition communication book, Roberta suggested my name because she had reviewed my work 
we had known each other over the years. We had actually spoken together at some, I think maybe like a big uh, educator meeting because she also has uh, some background in, in chi early childhood education. So we had done a speech together and, and so she knew what I taught at Purdue. And so she recommended me. So again, your network, do good work. It leads then to the next project, the next job that you're going to have. It, it's just, it's the story of my career and it can be the story of anyone's career. And so this book is kind of not following some of the rules because one of the rules that you'll often hear is you need one audience and a very targeted, narrow audience. Well, if there was more than one nutrition communication book, we could do that, but there isn't. This is it. There is no other book. And so it is both a textbook, and it's a textbook that we feel can be used from freshman year through graduate school. And in fact, there's programs that are developing courses in order to use it at all of those levels. But it's also a book for you. It's a book for a practicing professional who feels like they need to learn aspects of nutrition communication that they aren't strong in. We have found that even though Purdue had a nutrition communication course, and they had it 40 some years ago, only 20% of dietetics programs have that type of class. They might have a counseling class, they might have a module within a community class, but to really focus on that is very unique. And so one of the things that we're working on is how can we help people use this book even if they don't have a class? To start a new class at a university, trust me, I understand. It's, it takes like active Congress. So you're gonna have to use this book throughout the curriculum and it can be used that way. But I mean, there's a chapter on how to do a food demo and another chapter on blogging and a chapter on food photography and a whole section on how do you interpret research and translate it. There's a chapter on ethics, uh, a chapter on behavior change models, a chapter on culture, a chapter on teaching different ages, a chapter on how to do a good Q&A, a chapter on moderating. It covers everything, how to write books, how to, how to do business communications, 42 chapters. Wow. 57 authors. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, and I'm right now doing what we call the first pass, where you get the, what looks like your finished book in PDFs, and I go through very detailed, line by line, looking for mistakes, looking for corrections that need to be made. And every time I read, read it, I'm like, wow. I cannot wait to get this into people's hands because it has such, it's easy to read. It's not up here uh, or I wouldn't have written it. And it's just really practical, lots of practical stuff. And then there's lots of personal stories in it. So the authors tell their stories of how they, how something that's related to the topic is, has played out in their own life. And, and people like that. Yeah. I find that very helpful when, uh, you know, authors do that. And then you have 57, you said? Yes, 57 authors. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I, you, you made me think of, I'm like, is there a chapter on networking? It's discussed in the business communication, the importance of uh, your networking. And, and we also talk about, you know, how to run a meeting and those kinds of things. The, the concept of networking, though, is found in other chapters. So in the, in the second chapter, when you talk about characteristics of 
professionalism. You know, it'll talk about building networks and those kinds of things, but not a specific chapter on networking. Mm. Well, it's like, you know, even just that, you know, if you had that, like, in all those chapters and you found that I, that would just be valuable just for that because mm -hmm. what Barbara has been sharing all the amazing things that you've done in your career was just through networking and uh, started early on without the things we talked about of what we have access to today, like social media. And uh, you started just right out the gates, um, right when you became RD and starting your own thing, which is pretty amazing. Um, I saw a comment that was uh, earlier. That I was like, wow, I never met an RD that hasn't worked in clinical. Well, in fact, I'll uh, to even be honest, I never, back when I did, when I got my RD, um, there was a route to membership that was, that didn't have an internship. It was part of being, doing a master's and having experience. So, I mean, literally, no clinical. The closest thing I've had to clinical is maybe consulting in the nursing home or when I was candy striper in the high school at the hospital. That's like it. So I think that's such, uh, I don't know, like a falsehood. It's, it's such a misconception. Nutrition is such a broad field. I, would, I never taught a class at Purdue where I was teaching like as if I, I wasn't a fraud. I didn't teach MNT. I passed it, although it wasn't called that back then. When I passed my RD exam, I knew how to study. I could, I could pass all of those things, but that isn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't what I went into dietetics wanting to do. You have to and, follow your passion. Yeah, that's, there's too many other things that you can do. I have nothing against, I'm really thankful for clinical RDs and have total respect for them, but that isn't what I want to do and never have. Absolutely. So we're going to get ready to kind of close this up for the night. But before we go, can you give some words of advice, some, some wisdom for other RDs, whether they're in the beginning of their careers, the middle of their careers? What do these RDs need to know? Take a long look at what you do. And in your job, what is it that really gets you up in the morning and you get excited about, and then look for opportunities to do that at an even higher level. And certainly hone your communication skills. Being a good communicator is fundamental no matter what job you have, even if you go out of dietetics. And so I really encourage you to, to get a copy of that book when it comes out because it will teach you things that will help you no matter what. And certainly if you connect with me on social media or go to my website and, and get connected in there, um, you'll be the first to find out about when it's available and when you can pre-order and, and all of that. Um, but get connected. If you aren't normally going to your dietetic association meetings, go. Get to know other dietitians. We get one another work. It happened back when I started and it still happens today. It really does. Yeah, it, it actually happened to me when I got my first clinical job. It was through the same ways that you explained. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you know, that. that old phrase, it's who you know, that is true. That is absolutely true. And it could work against you 
but make it work for you. Very true. Good point. Make it work for you, not against you. And that's, right. that's something Austin and I say too. We say your network is your net net worth. Yes. Exactly yes. what it is. It really is. And Barbara just shared her story on how, you know, she's living proof of it. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, where could uh, people connect with you or um, maybe get more information about the book when it comes out? So the, my website is nutritioncommunicator.com and I have a whole page that's about the book and you can see the whole table of contents and a sample chapter and just really by connecting with me, you can keep up to date on when it's going to be available. I, we don't have a specific date. They're saying April. And so as soon as it's ready for pre-order, um, people that say are on my email list or connected with me on social media, I will be letting you know. Every, every week on social media, I post quotes from the book. So if you follow me on, on social media, and you can probably find me either Nutrition Communicator or Barb Mayfield in one way or the other. I, I think you can probably, or if you go to my website, all my links to the, to the social media are there. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I didn't see any questions rolling in, but if you guys are watching replay and if you guys have any questions, please feel free to drop them below. Barb will come in and answer them for you. Or if Austin and I can answer them, we will definitely do that as well. But Barb, thank you so, so much for coming on today, sharing your story, your incredible story of you never working in clinical and all the incredible <laughs> things that you have done just within your network, communications, and a telephone incredible yeah so thank you so much guys hope you have a great rest of your monday night and we will see you next monday all right bye bye, bye guys thank you so much for listening if you're an rd or rd to be and would like to connect with us make sure you join us on our facebook group and follow us on instagram at registered dietitian approved we also have an online store filled with the best RD swag. You can check it out at rdapprovedstore.com. And last but not least, if you loved this episode and want to learn more, make sure you subscribe so you can join us on this RD takeover movement. <laughs>